Hello, hello, hello. This is Dr. Pines, and this is the Dominate Pre-Med Show. As always, I am here to bring you some positivity, to bring you some productivity, to help you get into medical school. If you want to get into medical school and you want advice, you want strategies, you want real information education, this is the place to be. We are continuing our interview with Omar Abdul Malik. This is part three of a multi-part interview because there was so much greatness in this live interview. Yes, this interview was recorded live on my YouTube channel. Um, many of these episodes are recorded live. If you guys want to catch me live, make sure you subscribe to my YouTube channel. It's forward slash the real study doc on YouTube. And you can subscribe and turn on that little bell icon and say that you want notifications so you know when I'm going live. In this episode, we will talk PA admissions, we will talk about the process, and we will talk about what it is to be a PA. So tune in, let's get it, let's go. But stop making excuses, stop whining, stop, right? Get at it. No excuses, just dominate. So okay. in terms of making yourself competitive for yep. PA school, what are PA schools looking for? How is it different from medical school admissions? Um, what are like the, like what are the basic requirements, and how is it different from medical school? And and what are some things you can give for students to to get themselves into PA school? Okay, all right. So so first, I'll tell you my experience with this. Okay. Um, I again being a PA for twenty years, I was also a PA professor. I was an administrator, and I sat on the admissions committee for four years. So this is kind of what I've done. Um, so you're getting good advice from me. So you need a minimal of a 3.0 GPA. I'd say that not a 2.98 because I wrote a recommendation letter for a lady, a young lady who had a 2.98. And I said, listen, you got below the minimal standards. You're, she presented very well. She was doing something in the healthcare, but you got, you're not a strong applicant because of that. She said, well, it's almost a 3.0. I said, there's a bunch of people with higher GPAs than that. Right. She didn't get in. She she eventually got in, but not on her first try. So you need at least a 3.00 to be a competitive applicant. I would suggest that you have at least a 3.5. GW, George Washington University, where, where I live, um, they, they put their stuff on the internet. Well, our average student had a 3.52. <laughs> um for most schools, you have to take the GRE. I I I forgot what the uh, what the scale is. I think it's a six hundred. Yeah, it's, it's actually what's weird is the GRE actually has a very complex. Not a complex scale. It's like it's three digit number. It's just like now how how the MCAT is is yeah, ridiculously complicated for no reason. But the scale yeah. is three digits. Do well. Yeah. GRE. Yeah, I, I took the GREs back in ninety four. Yeah, I took the GREs forever goes well. I did yeah, my yeah. masters. Yeah. And uh, what up? Yeah. <laughs> Okay, now, so it, now it, one GPA, thing that gets GRE. people is is the um, direct patient contact hours. Now understand this, CASPA is what CASPA is. So CASPA is the centralized. That's the uh, central computer. I, I forgot what the acronym is, but that you got to go through CASPA to put your personal statement in, your letters of recommendation, um, your uh, your transcripts, and all that. So it's it's the central uh, application process. Um, a lot of schools want you to have like 2,000 hours of direct patient contact hours. And now they've made it even more challenging. <laughs> I won't use the word difficult, but they want you to have it. They want you to have it in something that, that requires a degree or a certification. So something like an LPN or a medical assistant. something where you have to actually have some type of training. You can't be, I think... I think you were talking about being a candy striper. <laughs> yes, this is important. Yes, yeah, some people are in the box. Yeah, yeah. So this is very important. It's a big distinction that a lot of people don't recognize when they, because a lot of people who end up going PA, they because we don't hear about PAs, yeah. a lot of people find out about PA late, so they're often yeah. switching from pre-med or pre-dental or pre-nursing into PA, and they don't understand. This is a big thing that trips people up for admissions, is the clinical hour requirement is entirely different it's much more extensive, and yeah. it requires a different type of clinical hour. You can't go candy stripe, and it yeah. ain't going to cut it. So yeah. <laughs> you must get real clinical experience in a certified or a – which ends up being a paid capacity. So it's a different thing than the volunteering that you see in, in medicine. So go ahead. Sorry. Yeah, yeah. So so we're getting – a lot of people are, are often become nurses, Um 
one of my erstwhile, I, I think he threatened me because he, it's like, I'm unsubscribing from your channel. I was like, okay. Oh, yeah. He's a, he's a nurse. Yeah. <laughs> Nursing is not a stepping stone to PA. I'm just telling you what people are doing. <laughs> <laughs> so a lot of people are becoming RNs mm-hmm. um, and then going on to PA school. Yeah, I subscribe to this guy, uh, Kanan Brown. He's, he's gone to PA school. Very good guy. He's uh, the ER form. So you can, you can, um, for something, I'm, I'm getting, I'm seeing a lot of, uh, people that are, um, ICU nurses, ER nurses. Um, and, and that's, I think that's good in a way. Um, some of my misgivings about that would be, well, let, let me not digress. I, I digress a lot. So, yeah, so it has to be something, your direct patient contact hours should be something that requires that you did an official certified program in which you have to take a test, some kind of national test to get certified and then get licensed and that you truly come into contact with patients. So phlebotomy, you know, if you want to get a degree in biology and then do like a six-week phlebotomy program, that's good. And I say that um, you need those direct patient contact hours because... I, one of the courses I taught was physical diagnosis, and you had people who had never actually touched people before, right. you know, in and, and, and an examining way. So they're like, uh, uh. and then when you go into rotations and you got to interact with patients and you're you're afraid to touch the person, right. you know, there's there's it's a very it's, I mean, you do a digital rectal exam or a, a pelvic exam. <laughs> zero to a thousand really quick yeah yeah i mean you know you can't be like i i just oh i don't like blood i just right people so that's important well and i think that's one of the things that students think they're going to go the pa route and it's an easier route and i often make the argument i'm like guys it's accelerated training yes it's not the breath and the depth whatever but they expect you to be proficient to care for patients in a matter of as short as 15 weeks, now a lot of programs, yeah. or 15 weeks, 15 months, the programs are now extending 18 months, 24 months, but it's a very condensed window. They don't have time to ramp you up. Yeah. You've got to come in ready and they're polishing you for right. that. So it, you have to take a lot of this on yourself to get the experience, yeah. to make yourself proficient to get there. Yeah. And I'll tell you this, guys, we were, just like Dr. Ponce is saying, we, we were, when I did my um, rotations um, at DC General, we had a chief resident. Oh, God, jeez. <laughs> For surgery, <laughs> we were doing our our rotations with the third and fourth year medical students, yeah. and we had to line up against the wall, like you know, like we were pledging or something. All right, present your patient. All right, my patient. This is Mr. Jones, uh, third day. He's a twenty uh, one year old African American male, uh, status post multiple gunshot wound to the head and thorax. This is his second day on chest tube. His intake is this is IO serial sanguinous fluid of twenty. <laughs> so, so you, you, you get to experience that you're out there practicing the hallway. People are like, why is this yeah. guy talking to himself out here in the white coat? Yeah. Trying to get his yeah. presentation together. Yeah. 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 But no, that's, that's, and we didn't, she's, oh, you're just a PA student. You don't, right. All right. No, man. They, we, you had to, you had to, you were expected to present just like them. So it, it's, and I'll be fr- frank with you guys, a lot of people just couldn't handle it. Because it's this constant pressure. It's this constant yeah. pressure. So, so what did I do? Um, minimal 3.00. That, that makes you a minimal applicant. Understand, there's many outstanding applicants. GREs. Some schools want you to take the MCATs, which I think is dumb I, for, for a PA school. And that's just my opinion. <laughs> um, your direct patient contact hours. Understand that even though if CASPA has something listed as what they consider acceptable, the, it is up to the school to accept that. That school, let's say school X, PA program X, may say, well, we don't accept certified nursing assistant um, at, at our program as direct patient contact hours. We'll accept nursing or LPN. Well, that's not fair. Well, that that's that's their rule. You know, you're coming into their turf. 
Um, well, oh yeah, and and, and uh, your uh, letters of recommendation, shadowing hours, and I feel I feel really bad for you PA students because there's not a lot of PAs in the country. I think there's less than two hundred thousand, and the distribution is is still, it's not a ideal distribution, so it's it's difficult. And you and I talked about this uh, before, Doctor. Uh, I said just the administration, administrative loops that you got to jump through. So I, I've, I've, if you're in the DC area, um, maybe you can give my, my, uh, um, my Instagram. Yeah. Um, we can arrange something where you can shadow me in, in a couple of clinics, some doctors that have. So you guys like, hear that? PA shadowing opportunities. Yeah, yeah, because it's, it's, you gotta have. Some of the schools want you to have at least two recommendations from physician assistants, and I've written recommendations for patients. I mean, patient, for students on the CASPA. And, 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 and don't be chagrined if I deny, if, if I refuse your request to um, write a recommendation. If I don't think you're a strong applicant, I'm not really motivated to do it because it's time consuming. You got to go into the, they give us a special login number. You got to log in the CASPA. How long have you known this? person and what capacity <laughs> know them but, one day and they were terrible yeah, but uh yeah. with them and, yeah. <laughs> and then you got to type a paragraph why do you think this person yeah, yeah it's, it's it's really time consuming yeah. you know uh, and then you got to do your personal statement um i've done some videos on what to write about a lot of people have problems with writing well i don't know what to say it's like <laughs> yeah but um uh, did I have you? Did you cover writing personal statements? Uh, yeah, the, we have some videos on that, and I think what we'll do because yeah. I think the application stuff. There's so much about this. I yeah. think we should do a separate like session okay. on just that alone. Okay. Because okay. I think that, and if you guys, I know that you have videos on that on your channel. Yeah. So yeah. everyone, I'm going to put his Instagram and his YouTube in the description after this. Uh, we are live action, so throwing together, so I don't have time to do that. But we'll put it in there afterwards. So you guys can go get to those videos because he talks about that, breaks all this stuff down. For you guys to know, um, but one thing um, as part of this, there's some questions popping up that we can probably get to. So we'll we'll do a whole session on application, yeah. And yeah. also we'll direct to some of these videos on his channel because he covers it. So it's kind of you guys know me. I hate double talking, right? When someone asks yeah. me a question, I'm like, I already covered that. Go watch that video. Yeah, yeah. Why tell it again, right? So he's put this out there, and and so we don't have to rehash uh, that. Well, there's a couple questions. I'm going to start actually pulling them up on the screen here. Uh, May 7 asks, if I want to be an emergency room PA, will I be able to manage more severe cases like someone having a heart attack or a gunshot wound, or do ERPAs only handle less severe emergencies? Oh, heck no, man. You're going to get bloody. <laughs> no, seriously. You're going to get, yeah. No, you're going to be, if you just watch an episode of ER, that's you're going to be doing that because you, your hospitals, as Dr. Ponce said, you talked about this, how the, the nurse administrator, the nurse with the master's degree in health administration is running the hospital. <laughs> so they've yep. done the math and they said, okay, well, why are we going to pay a bunch of doctors 300000 a year with, you know, $100,000 of malpractice per doctor when we can hire a PA for one hundred thirty or one hundred fifty, you know, for $20,000 of malpractice and have a... Um, an overseeing position. So, I mean, I've, I've run codes, man. I, I, that's what I do that routinely, but that's why I told you, I, I study in fear. Cause I gotta know, I gotta know my stuff, man. I, you can't wing a code and, and, you know, in terms of, um, and I work in the inner city. So with inner city medicine, yeah, you're going to get gunshot wounds coming in. I'm not doing ER. I'm doing hospitals now, but we got the the major trauma hospital. You take care of them after they initially come yeah, in, so you exactly. still see them. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, so you're gonna you're gonna be it's it's just too much for a doctor to handle. In fact, I will tell you a quick story. When um, DC General Hospital, which was uh, that was that was like almost a stereotypical struggling inner city hospital with with you know, crack addicts, gun, you know, homeboys doing their banging thing, stabbing victims. I mean, 
all sorts of posts coming in. So as a student, we were so overrun. We had GW, George Washington University, Georgetown University, Howard University. I want to say St. George's Medical School, a couple of other schools. Um, everybody was, was in there. And it was still not enough because it was so much violence wow. in that area. So you, as a student, you'd be there like, you know, the, the resident be like, okay, I got this patient right here. You take that patient there. Come on. <laughs> let's see what you know. So I'd be like, ah, but I, and that's why I learned the importance of algorithms. I was like, okay, all right, boom, here we go. Give me a CBC with diff, you know, BMP, you know, uh, get radiology in here. I need a chest x-ray. So as a student, I'm like, uh, uh, uh. so definitely as a PA, you're going to be in there and it seems overwhelming at first, but you're going to get really good at it if you're motivated to do so. So yeah, yeah. PAs handle some really tough cases. Yeah. yeah. Awesome. Yeah. So again, yeah. for people who are just jumping on, appreciate you guys all hopping on here with us. We are live, guys. Dr. Pine said here, Dr. Omar Abdul-Malik, you have a PA, you have a physician in front of you, and we're talking about PA, talking about being a student of color, going through the process, a man of color in healthcare. If you have questions, please put them in the box because I will pull them up. Uh, the next question I see up here is, are there uh, PAs in oncology? Yes. Yeah. Yeah, in fact, I, I interviewed with a pediatric oncologist many years ago. So, so I'll, I'll just tell you guys, what, whatever physicians do, physician assistants can function in that capacity as PAs. So, for instance, pediatric neurosurgery. So a lot of people don't know that. I think everybody knows who Dr. Ben Carson is, um, Giles Hopkins University. I think he's we should actually run a poll because I bet you, which is sad, but I bet you many students don't know who Ben Carson is oh, or no, they only on. know who he is from the political side of it yeah, and not no. from the groundbreaking person he he was and yeah. is in, in, no. in healthcare. So if you guys have not read a, a great book is actually in, I don't know if you call it a biography or an autobiography, whatever you want to call it, but it's the Ben Carson, it's his book. If you've not read it, I'm, I'm blanking on the title of it right now. Gift in Hands. There we go. Yeah. Uh, if you have not read that, it's a great read just for some perspective of what people have gone through before you and what your journey might be like. Great read. Sorry, go ahead, continue. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He struggled with general chemistry, by the way. So I didn't feel so bad. <laughs> <laughs> but um, yeah, what was I saying? Um, yeah, do, so Dr. Ben Carson, um, he was a pediatric neurosurgeon, uh, head of pediatric neurosurgery at the age of 35 at Johns Hopkins University. He had a physician assistant working with him for, for like 20 years. No, nobody knew. Um, so whatever, what, wherever you'll see a doctor, like you probably have, um, Dr. Funset, you're probably going to have PAs, you know, um, and as you work longer, you'll run into some PAs. Um, Emory has, a, uh, has an anesthesiology physician assistant, yeah. like fellowship. Yeah. Um, yeah, so... so so yeah, oncology, yes, yes, the oncology. And same thing for psychiatry. I'll say spare us. Yeah. It's the same thing. So there's the same specialties you want to do. And I'll even second this. We have uh, at UCSD, we have a PA who assists with cardiac surgery. So we have a cardiac surgery PA who assists with these heart surgeries. So there are tons of opportunities for PAs to do whatever you want to do. But again, it comes back to what you were talking about, which is you must be prepared for the opportunity. You must yeah. put the work in. You must yeah. be knowledgeable. You must be skilled because it's almost like being black in healthcare. People look at you a certain way, and so you yeah. have to overcome their initial perception of what that is. And so, like as a, as a as a as I'm just not thinking about that, a branch point here. So you are a black male. You are a Muslim working in healthcare. Have you experienced kind of? Not necessarily stigma. Uh, yeah, I guess stigma would be the word. Have you experienced issues with that? How have you dealt with that? How do you deal with that? How, how has your experience been as a healthcare provider now at this level? Yeah, I, I'll tell you. I I I wish I could have a sad story about how somebody was like, I saying that never a Muslim terrorist guy, <laughs> but it's I, it's it's not happened. I mean, I had I've had two people. 
in my 20 years not want to see me because I was just the PA. But one guy was like clearly mental. I mean, he had yeah. profound mental health. problems. <laughs> um, another was was a lady who who she she was a family member of one of the patients. <laughs> and, and it's funny because I when I saw how she was, I didn't want to see her either. That's normally how it goes. I'm always like the people yeah, who yeah, reject me. Yeah, I'm like, yeah. yeah, we probably wouldn't get along. You're probably right. You right, right, right. <laughs> but I, I've never, you know, I got my kufi and my beard, and I, I've had, I've gone in to see patients. I mean, I've some good old boys from West Virginia got their caps, and they're like, "Hello, sir. I'm Omar. I'm a physician assistant. I'm here to render your care. I'm part of the medical team." Oh, Omar, really? Well, okay. One guy is surprising. Assalamu alaikum. <laughs> you know. He hit you with it. All right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I mean, I, I've been, I, I, and I don't know why that is. I like to think that one of the things I've done, I, I'm very image conscious. Well, I was going to say that's and, the, the key there. If you yeah. haven't experienced it, it's because you carry yourself a certain way. And, yeah, and you, yeah. Go ahead. You're image conscious. And, and I would it. tell students this. I, it just, it just, oh, it used to irk me so bad when they would be like, well, are they going to respect you? I said, listen, you you present yourself in a respectful, respectful manner. Then you don't worry about are they going to, you know, how people are going to treat you. You, you kind of, you know, I've had some people disrespect, but they've disrespected other people too. They're just jerks. So they, um, I've, I, I don't think I've ever been rejected based on my religion or my race. Possibly my gender when it comes to things like OBGYN, which I'm, I'm, I totally understand. It's, you know, it's like some women just don't want men down there. Um, as I've gotten older, I've got what, what you're going to call a few silver, yeah. <laughs> silver hairs here. Yeah. So, that's why I had to so, shave today. The beard yeah, was getting yeah. a little too silver. I was like, yeah, no, yeah, that's going from silver, sexy silver. To old gray. It's, it's it's all, oh, no, no, no. Let me let me go ahead and shave that. I don't want to be old. I want to be sexy silver, not old yeah. gray. Okay, yeah. So I ask you like, so when are you going to go to medical school and become a real doctor? <laughs> I, I I haven't had that question in years. Yeah. Um, and I I think I think the public's getting more familiar with what physician assistants are. And then as a as a black man, if I if I came in, and this is one of the reasons why I started my channel. Um, no disrespect for brothers who present themselves like this, but if I came in like, yo, yo, what's up, y'all, yo, yo, this your boy, oh my, oh, I'm about to kick it live, straight up in DC, DC, check the city, so forth, but nah, man, you feel me, you yes. got that mad knowledge, Didn't, I'm going to sound like a buffoon, you know, and, and maybe I'm brilliant, Yeah. but, you know, it's, this is medicine, and you have to look you have to be able to let people know that you're intelligent, not that you're haughty, but that you're a knowledgeable person, right. that you're a professional. They want to see a professional in front of them. Now, there's a move for, for doctors. I don't know if you've seen this in your hospital. They stop wearing the, the lab coat and the tie. I still wear my tie and my lab coat. I get a nice, clean, white lab coat. got my stethoscope. Um, I'm... I'm polite and courteous i call i don't call people i got a pet peeve with calling patients honey and sweetie and dear hey honey hey everybody's mr or mrs um and i and i make myself available to the patients yeah. and i know my my own experience with with pas as a patient myself um i i will if i could see the pa today Instead of seeing the doctor three weeks from now, I'll, I'd rather see the PA. Right. <laughs> you know. No, and um, I think something you said there is really important yeah. in the sense that you yeah. haven't experienced lots of pushback about your race. Yeah. And I yeah. also can say the same. I've had some bad experiences, and I'm like, oh, my gosh, yeah. that's a bad experience. But I treat skinheads all regularly because I'm in San Diego. Yeah. Like, regularly, there's, there's situations that could be a problem. But like yeah. you said, I think this is a very important lesson for students because I get pushback. Right, like when you when you are truthful, when you are real, people don't like to be held accountable. Right, and right. I get pushback from a lot of people because I'll go out and I'll do a live event and I'll do different things and I'll interact with students, and I try to explain to students, your first impression is ninety percent of the ball game. 
Yeah. And if you're dressed unprofessionally, if you're unkempt, if your hair is like ridiculous, like I know you might express yourself, right. but within the confines of what is considered professional, the way you talk, your the, the preparation you've done to be prepared for that situation, all these things factor into how people perceive you. Yeah. And for me, I think a lot of people confuse two situations. And I'll just tell quickly as I commented this interview here, just for a second. I had an encounter at uh, San Francisco, USF, with some UCSF medical students like a couple weeks back. Because when I go out and I speak, I wear shirts and I wear jeans and it's very casual. It's different than my clinical life. And so sometimes people confuse how casual I am with not recognizing that, no, 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 I am a physician. I am a professional right. and I am someone to, who knows what I'm talking about. And people get too casual with me and right. I have to say, wait a minute, like yeah. this is what's going on. And so yeah. the, the other part of that is that sometimes people feel like, and this is what happened in the situation, is people felt that I was talking down to someone because I was correcting them. Yeah. And I said, no, I'm not talking down to them. I'm trying to bring them up to yeah. where they need to yes. be to yes. be respected as a professional. Yes. And this is something that I think that we struggle with in minority communities, but as a community, yeah. as a world as a whole, I'm just talking about TikTok. It's like, we've got to learn. We've got to learn, guys. You have to have substance to you that you are always being evaluated. And are you posing or are you actually rising to the occasion? And I guess my question to you would be, what would be your five cents for students in terms of being a professional, being a healthcare professional, being a pre-healthcare professional, what are some things that, like for students who come and ask you about shadowing opportunities or, or like what are things that you see in a student you're like, man, I wish you would have come to me this way or, or what are some professional points you can bring to students about carrying yourself the right yeah, way? Yeah, I, I would say this, guys. You know, I, I talked about earlier in, in our discussion about, you know, for brothers, it, it's a lonely existence, but... If you're a healthcare professional student, it's a lonely existence because when you go to college, your friends that are fine arts majors or they're general studies majors, meaning that they haven't really committed to anything, they're, they're pledging or they're partying or something, and like, I don't know, my boyfriend broke up. I said, what are you doing here? This is like a four-year camp for, for young adults, man. And you're you're a nursing student or PA student or pre-med student. It, it's you have to be so mature so you can't. I used to dress in khakis. If you thought I was crazy, I had a blue iron Oxford shirt, <laughs> penny loafer shoes, and khaki pants on a college campus. But but I I thought it was important. I knew how I wanted to be treated by people. I wanted to be treated with respect. I knew that there were enough black guys doing a black thing and I didn't want to be I didn't want to be perceived as less intelligent it ticked me off so if you if if, if students come to me and like I had a young lady come to me um, she was well endowed and she was kind of like showing bursting out of her top yes. Yeah, yes yeah and I'm like I'm like okay so you, you, I can't take you with me in a car <laughs> to a doctor's office alone. <laughs> so, somebody who sees her, I don't know, man, I saw her with some young girl out there. <laughs> you, know, it, it is, you, you, you always want to be thinking, as a healthcare professional student, you're, you're here, not that you're above everybody, but you have to set a certain social standard. You know, this thing, I, I don't like this this style with the ripped up jeans and it's like oh ripped up on half the yes. half the behind and then Wait, let me tell you yeah. a ripped jeans story real quick because this actually just <laughs> happened. I had a student come shadow me. So I'm trying to get students in the shadow. It's very difficult because of hospital policies. So oh. I'm very kind of selective. And I had a student who was like, Listen, I'm gonna be in your area, I'm interviewing at UCSD, I'd love to come shadow you. Like, hey, fine, come shadow me. And it was the day after their interview, so maybe they were just kind of feeling like they wanted to relax, but they showed yeah. up to the hospital, and we had morning conference, so it's all of these professional anesthesiologists, it's CRNAs, it's like a, a professional teaching session. And the student comes in, I didn't get to see them, I'm like, oh, yeah, meet me at the door, I open the door, as they come in, oh, man, they had the turbo-tight jeans that were like, it's this guy, but his jeans were so tight, and you guys know what I'm talking about, where the jeans are so tight, 
they can't possibly come to your waist. So your yeah. butt is half out His from butt. the start. Yeah. And yeah. then, and then the kicker, I, like, I could like, I could see, I was like, well, these jeans are very, very tight. And then as he turned, the jeans have all these rips in the back, including, I'm oh. like, Looking at his man high thigh, and I'm like, I don't want to see your oh, man high thigh. And I'm like, this is a professional setting. I'm like, how embarrassing is this for me? It starts the day off on a whole wrong tone, right? It's like, it's like, okay, I was gonna come here, we're gonna have a nice conversation, but now I'm like, man, when can you? I might kick this guy out before we even put him in scrubs. Yeah. So recognize, guys, like yeah. <laughs> it matters. I can't yeah. take you in front of patients like this. I can't take you from my professional colleagues like this. This is their impression of you, and it was funny because people don't understand the power of this. <clears throat> This kid yeah. was super bright. He's interviewed at UCSD, whatever. But the director, the our program, <laughs> our head of our department <laughs> is at this morning conference. And he's a very, he's a world-renowned neuroanesthesiologist. Oh, my gosh. World-renowned, <laughs> famous. And it's crazy to say this, but he's an anesthesiologist who actually does book signing tours where people show wow. up and they're like raving vans, whatever. He's this kind of guy, but he's very, very professional he's hyper intelligent and so when he saw this of course he doesn't hold his tongue he's like who is this so in the middle of education who is this and then it becomes an inquisition it's like well young man you're wearing this i'm like oh my gosh no he's not coming on the jeans in the middle of the session and so it set the whole day off to a wrong turn and the student was clearly embarrassed and hadn't thought about it but you guys must recognize what you are putting out people are going to judge you on your appearance so make sure that you guys are being professional if you're entering a professional setting or if you want to be treated like a professional, dress like a professional, yes. carry yourself like a professional. And if I may, I have to say this because when when you're talking, when you come into like people are going to be coming to you and I for recommendations. Right. I take my word very, very seriously. I take my reputation extremely seriously. So if I give my word and I say, hey, this person is okay with me. You should give them a chance. And, and that young person goes in and just acts a darn fool or they've got a funky attitude or they're dressed like they should, as I say, uh, interviewing for a, a job at Hoover's Bar and Grill. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> you know, <laughs> yeah, we should have that place in D.C. But uh, it, it's, you know, it, it's just not. Now that reflects back on me because then the doctor and doctor, like I said, um, for those of you all that need shadowing hours, and you can you can follow me, because some doctors have agreed to let me bring students into their their um, their practices because they trust me, <laughs> you know. So it, it's very important. And, and on that note, also since we have a virtual community now, the, the lady, oh my God, guys, oh, yeah. People are just posting anything on the internet. Yes. You, you're posting pictures. You're like, brothers, it's great that you got 10-pack abs, but you're doing the thing with yourselves of the thong bikini and like, yeah, look at me. I'm telling you, schools look at that stuff. You Employers look at this. How many people have been fired? Uh, what was that thing that uh, Charlottesville March? They went yeah. back and found the white guys. They're like, yeah. Yeah, they're like, oh, we found this guy and that guy. Well, these guys have been let go from their jobs. So yeah. employers are using social media as another means of, of <laughs> weeding out applicants and firing people from jobs. Yeah. So you have to be – I don't put anything on social media that I don't want people to know about. It's like exactly. you're not going to see my – Body parts. The internet is forever. And uh, it's so funny. I always like poo-poo TikTok. And I had it reaffirmed that TikTok is terrible this week. It's actually, what what week is it? Friday? Earlier this week. So if you guys didn't see, I did a video earlier this week talking about how Stanford now is doing. um, They got $90 million to provide more tuition uh, reimbursement for students. But as part of that, when I when I heard that announcement, they were reimbursed, like they were giving all this tuition that people needed it. I sent a text message to one of the deans at Stanford, and I was like, "Hey, like, where's my? Uh, can I get a retroactively uh, taking advantage of this program as a joke?" And then we were like texting back and forth, like, "Yeah, so what's going on? Like, you guys are starting to make your final list. Like, you know, you're getting down to the wire here. Like, what's going on?" And like, "Oh yeah, you know, like, things are great." And I was asking, like, you know, are there any great diversity candidates? Like, what's going on? Like, I'm always here to mentor, etc. And it was hilarious because they're like, you know what? It's really unfortunate in the social media era. Like, like we appreciate that you're on social media, you're doing your thing, but it's very dangerous out here. And like, you need to let your students know about this. And they actually sent me a photo 
and, and they texted me a photo. Maybe I'll upload it to social media. I probably won't do that. But this, there's, I guess I'm not on TikTok, but maybe you guys can inform me. There's a TikTok challenge going around apparently. Like, it's like a Drake Switch challenge or something. I'm, yeah. I'm not well versed. I don't know. Oh, they do this. But apparently, like but apparently, it's like a challenge where, like, you're in the video and then, uh, like, you yell switch or something like that. And then you, there's like a time lapse and then the, the picture is switched. Oh, okay. And so the okay. image they said, I don't know. The image they sent me, uh, the little GIF or whatever, was a guy and his girlfriend in a bathroom. And he's wearing like normal man clothes and she's wearing like little skimpy woman's clothes. And then she's like dancing and then like the song's going. And then all of a sudden, like there was like a switch. And then now he is wearing ladies' underwear, et cetera, et cetera. And she's wearing the thing. And the dean was like, Yeah, this is one of the candidates we were seriously considering. Oh my gosh. And we did a, a, an easy public search of their social media. And this is what we found. And now we're having to take this into consideration. And what was really bad about this, the reason it came up was because I was asking about are there any diversity candidates? Who would be great? So this is a student of color who now is having their opportunity uh, ripped back from them because they couldn't keep their darn pants on on TikTok. And so it's all fun and games until it's not fun and games yeah. until it's your yeah. career. So I always encourage yeah. you guys like be very very mindful yeah. of the comments yeah. you make, of yeah. the things you post because right. it all will come back to you. Yeah. Especially as you move higher in the ranks because when you're yeah. starting out, like no one really cares about anything. But as you start to become a leader and a person that people look to, you are under a microscope of scrutiny. And you don't want old stuff that you said just in jest, not thinking in a minute to come back or a post that's just ridiculousness. Yeah. I don't know. There were two two medical students last year of their last, like their last year, the last semester of medical school. They took pictures with, with their patients who had just expired. They got yeah. the patient there. They're like, yeah. they got kicked out of school. Yeah. Think about that. Oh my God. You, you, <laughs> so I'm, I'm, I'm very careful about what I say politically. People ask, "What do you think about this person?" I said, "Well, you know, the difference of I don't use profanity. I don't <laughs> use epithets. I, I, you know, I'm very careful because, like now, you know, you can get your license snatched. Uh, I'll tell you guys a story about presentation. Um, I was on the admissions committee of one of the top PA schools in the country. Um, I was very honored that they asked me to come select what students they wanted. All of these young people show up, pinstripe suits. Check my, I got a video um, about how to dress on your interview day. Dress like you're going to a funeral. <laughs> pinstripe suits, the ladies with buns, the guys with the head beards. You know, just very, everybody's just very neat looking. I was like, wow, impressive looking group. And we had to, those of us that were interviewing, We'd get a room assignment and then go to the room and you would meet your student that you would you would interview. I get to the room. This young lady, I see somebody with their head like down on the table, their hair all out. And I look and I say, hello? Oh, yeah. Hey, hi. Oh, she stretches and I said, um, are you Miss So-and-so? Yeah. Oh, yeah. You're supposed to interview me. Yeah, she has a super tight red turtleneck sweater, a pair of faded jeans, and a scarf. And I was like, "Um, you're sure? You're the you're getting interviewed for the piece?" Yeah. Hey, look, she get this. She stops me before I start. Before I sit down. Yeah. How long is this gonna take? Cause I got something to do. Oh God. I was like, "Are you kidding?" I said, "Well." Not long. <laughs> so, <laughs> we can so end it right now. As a matter of fact, we yeah, like, take stuff out. But I just, I just interviewed her, and I went back, and I, and we talk about you guys. For those of you guys that are fortunate enough to get interviews for med school and PA school, and I said, "Did you interview so and so?" Yeah, she was horrible. I said, "What is up?" It wasn't. Now I can understand you can't afford clothes. Listen, I've gone to thrift store, and I've done videos. At thrift stores where I've gotten nice clothes for ten dollars, I've shown you guys you can do that. So I said it was just her attitude, and I think, and I don't want to castigate all millennials. What is it? What's a millennial under thirty or something? I actually can't even keep track. Is now what's the yeah. other younger thing they have now? I don't even know. Generation Y or something. Yeah. Like, if you're younger than like us, kids. this is you. We're talking to you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 
it's just like, dude, you know, whatever, boomer. Yeah, uh, everything's good. YOLO, you only live once. <laughs> yeah. You, you can't be like everybody else, guys. I mean, this is because ultimately you're going to be the one to save life. You gave you gave a, a really good video. I remember when I first started listening to you about being a superhero. Like, I think you were working with a resident and he came in. And he's like, OK, listen to that. OK, listen to this. OK, everybody's freaking out. The resident comes in, he flicks some switch and hits some buttons. It's like, boom, we were out. Yeah. That's, you know, that's, and that's one of the reasons why we wanted to become a healthcare practitioner. Because it's like being a superhero. Yeah. You get to save people's lives, man, or make a profound difference in their life. That requires maturity. Yeah. That requires keeping a, when everybody else is freaking out, you got to be the one that's like, and especially if you're a mid-level or advanced level clinician, whatever we're PAs and MPs we call ourselves and you docs, um, you've got, you set the tone. They're going to, people have looked at me, you know, when everybody else is, ah, they're kind of look over like, oh, oh, and I say, all right, listen, everybody, this is what's going on. We had a, we had a coronavirus here. I can talk about this. Now. Oh yeah. Let's talk about coronavirus too. Oh, well, yeah. Tell me what you're scared. Yeah, let's yeah. talk about, let's educate some people on some coronavirus. People yeah, can stop being yeah. crazy. Costco yeah. sold out of everything. Go ahead. Oh my God. Yeah. So people were freaking out. They were like, ah, I said, listen guys, let's calm down. I put the person on a droplet. Because you're, you're going to see all of these things like viruses have been around for long before we even existed. We all have viruses, rhinovirus, influenza virus, coronavirus has been around forever. There's certain, the strand. It's just like the, the influenza virus on the swine flu. There's been three confirmed deaths by the swine flu. Ah, people are freaking out. Coronavirus, same thing. You know, I, I feel, and this is my opinion, it does not, uh, what's my, my, uh, my, um, <laughs> legal disclaimer. I, I got, yeah, I got, uh, <laughs> disclaimer. It does not necessarily uh, <laughs> coincide and confirm the, uh, the, the, my employer or the hospital or my profession. <laughs> I believe that this is going to blow over like the swine flu, the avian flu, the SARS, the hunter virus, Ebola. What have you heard about Ebola? <laughs> Everybody's dying of Ebola. You don't know? Everybody. There was a death last year. Everybody's dying. But I can tell you this. I also have a background in infectious disease. Um, and I did my doctoral degree on health education and how, you know, health education plays a part as a function of media influence. So this word coronavirus, I wish the media would be more responsible and talk about the particular strand that is killing people and that strand is killing certain segments of the population so if the person has it if they're immunocompromised meaning if they're significantly older like elderly late 70s and beyond people with congestive heart failure people who already have upper respiratory like respiratory tract infections already uh, there's a lot of that going around. People who've got um, AIDS. We don't. I haven't seen a lot of AIDS patients, meaning their CD4 count or their T cell counts are, are far below zero or far below uh, 200. But you've got a lot of people who, who um, they, they just don't take their HIV medication. Um, and I did that for, uh, I worked with these folks for 15 years. Um, when you start seeing people with wasting syndrome, but they're not skinny like me. They're, they've got wasting, loss of subcutaneous yeah. body fat, esophageal candidiasis. These are people with AIDS. These people are prone to dying from the COVID-19. So that the strain that is that is killing people. Um, and and I want I want to be responsible in what I say, but people are buying masks. So a Viron, that's that's a single virus. Virus cell, they're tiny. They go through the pores of these masks that people are buying for hundreds of dollars and stealing off the shelves. You know, um, you know, we, we we've had a tuberculosis scare before. You know, and people are like, oh, I got tuberculosis. You know, it, it, viruses are all over the place. But 
for those of us, and this is this talks again about the maturity of the, the maturity, the leadership, the leadership characteristics by way of being unflappable and a stoic on the part of the healthcare community. Um, Anthony Fauci, um, who is, uh, he was one of the heads at, this, at the uh, CDC, long, guy's been an infectious disease specialist for, for decades now. Um, they do a really good job of getting good information out there, but a lot of people just don't read it. Yeah. The media, the news outlet's job is to drive viewership to their their channels. What's the scariest so, stat from right, this right. paper, so, this 30 page have, paper? What's yeah. the scariest one liner? Yeah. You'll, you'll have some guy with beautiful hair, like what you can do, the death of coronavirus. <laughs> you know, there's been 10 reported deaths of coronavirus. Yeah. I'm here. Okay. Paradise. People are dropping like flies. Yeah. Someone and, thought, and, actually, let me just, someone actually sent me a text like, hey, are you okay? I'm like, okay, why? Yeah. Oh, they, they quarantined San Diego. I'm like, they quarantined yeah. San Diego. They, they sent it the news. I had to like watch it. Like, yeah, there's quarantine camps everywhere. I've yet to see a quarantine camp, guys. I work in a hospital. I've right. yet to see a quarantine camp. We've had a couple cases. It's fine. Like, yeah. But anyway, so the media is crazy. Yeah, yeah, yeah but it, it's... It, it really it makes me angry because I'm seeing it, just the word coronavirus, everywhere, and people are this people are actually turning on each other like, ah, don't come near me. What are you doing? Ah, really? Come on. Um, one news reporter, one news outlet got it right. And I was so proud. It was a young guy. I, I I hadn't seen him on the news before. Not that I watch a lot of television. He says, "Listen, I don't have a mask on." You know, if you're going to wear a mask, wear it because you're sick and you want to protect other people. Now, they do this in Japan. It's considered polite. I, I love Japanese etiquette. It's considered polite to wear a mask if you're in a public setting, especially a closed, uh, enclosed public, like a metro or something. Because you don't want to give anybody else your, your cold, your, your rhinovirus. But, um, you know, th- that's that again, leadership as as part of being a healthcare practitioner, you know, with, um, the, and I, I guarantee you in another couple of years, there's going to be something else, some other virus or something exactly. else. People are going to have forgotten about the coronavirus. Just wash your hands. Yeah. You know. MRSA was going to wipe us all out. I don't know if you guys remember yeah. a, couple, a couple of years ago, yeah. MRSA was going to literally wipe us all out. That's we right. have nothing to stop the MRSA. Yeah, Everyone's at risk. Yeah. And the flesh eating bacteria, <laughs> Exactly. You know, yeah, and I, I've had patients with the flesh eating bacteria, you know, but but yeah, it, it's you treat it, yeah. you know, to breathe the person stuff, but um, perspective of everything, guys, yeah, yeah. So we are at an hour and 40 minutes, really? guys. Wow, man, Time holy flies. smokes, guys, impromptu live yeah. interview, hour and 40 minutes, yeah. incredible. I like, I learned a lot today, yeah, wonderful, wonderful gems. Um, if you guys have been enjoying this so far, please, please, please show your love, comment in the box, like the video. If you guys like and want to see more of this and you want me, this is my first ever interview. Yeah. My first ever publicly released interview. My first ever live interview. Let's put it in like, this is, this is nuts, but I kind of like it. It's kind of fun. I I get to sit here and learn, right? I've always wanted to meet you. I mean, since I I saw you. Yeah. So you know what I did? Yeah. I, I, I typed in. Um, no offense to World Star Hip Hop, but <laughs> I, 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 I typed in, my God, all right, smart black guys on YouTube. <laughs> I got, I'm serious. I got Dr. Neil through the cross Tyson, um, and then you, and um, uh, Dr. Andre it's good, it's good, it's good <laughs> coming to be in there. Google, Google yeah. really thinks highly of me there. <laughs> no, but I, I was like, yeah, black. Um, I was the guy's name, uh, Dr. Tweedy. Uh, oh, white yeah, 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 yeah. So it's yeah. Like, and like I said, when I, I went to conferences, I I wouldn't see any brothers that'd be like one or two if we look at each other from across the I see the, you. Do you see me? 
<laughs> yeah, give each yeah. other a nod. And I was about to say the nod. My wife didn't understand what that was when we first got together. If you guys don't know, my, my wife is white, so she doesn't know about the black person nod. People who are not black, you don't know. It's a thing. I don't even think about yeah, yeah. it. I didn't even realize I was doing it until she pointed out. I'm like, yeah, it's the nod. I got to recognize. Like, you know, we acknowledge each other. And it's hilarious. It's come full circle now, right? As an old person, now I have kids. And so my son, um, I've taught him that we're black people, right? And so he's like, yeah, black people. Like, he's like, he identifies. And so now he actually has incorporated, like he sees black people and he's not a nodder yet. He's young. He's four, but he's like, throws it up. Let's him know. Hey, I see you, my black people. We are together here in this place. My wife's like, why are you waving at that person? Like just acknowledging them, letting them know we see each other. So uh, I think this was awesome just to be able to put two people of color, two doctors of color on the screen um, for you guys. And like I said, we got to have you back. We're going to do a whole session we gotta do more sessions. Not even one session. Yeah. I gotta do like a billion yeah. sessions because this was just yeah. awesome talking about everything. Yeah. Um, I'm gonna make sure I put um, Dr. Omar uh, Abdul Malik's information in the box for you guys to have, um, so you guys can make sure you guys go follow, you guys go subscribe, you guys go check out uh, his information. But this was fun today. I think all oh, you yeah. guys hung out with us for an hour and forty three minutes. Again, I always do everything atypical. I know interviews are supposed to be like fifteen minutes, but. Why, why, why have a little when you can have a lot? So yeah. <laughs> it's all good information. So again, I thank you so much for being here. Yeah. It means a lot oh, to me. I, you, I not, not them, before. you. Uh, yeah. Is yeah, there anything you. you want to say before we get out of here? Yeah, because uh, I don't want to get in trouble at my job. Yeah. The person was did not have the COVID-19. <laughs> no, because it was in the news. It was in the news. And yes. I was like, yeah. But again, I hope you guys enjoyed this. For those of you guys that are um, applying to school, um, it, do this. This may help you if you're trying to decide what's best for you. MD, uh, DO, PA, NP. Make out like a um, kind of a, a, a column. See how long it'll take you to accomplish each. Time will pass anyway. There was a time in my life where I thought 30 was old. No. Now I meet 30 year old people. I'm like, oh my God, I could. And they talk to me. I tell them, oh, my, I am like, oh, my God. This young lady says, you're older than my mom. It's like, oh. Wow. <laughs> Thank so you. Like, oh. That feels so good. Thank you for saying that to me. My heart doesn't hurt at all by you saying that. So I'm, I'm happy to still be around. Know that the time's going to pass anyway. But just really ask yourself, what is the most important thing in your life? Um, your core values should not change like your values of loyalty, um, love, fealty for your friendship, things like that. Those are core values. It's kind of Covey-esque paradigm. Um, your priorities will change. Money, $100,000 years ago, to me, that was all the money in the world. Now it ain't so much. <laughs> yeah. um, it means nothing to me with all my loans. $100,000 means nothing to me. I need to really fundraise. My GoFundMe would be for like a million and a half to get rid of these school loans. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, um, yeah, but that's the thing. And, and understand that that there's, there's dynamics. There's going to be shifts in society that will change and that, that may change. You don't want that to change your core values, but it may change your your priorities and 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 options that you may have. Like 50 years ago, there was no such thing as a little one. Physician assistants weren't around. Okay, um, there's new things like robotics in medicine. There's stem cell uh, in medicine. You know the stuff that I'm sure you learned when you first started out is probably antiquated. No. Now, you know, so those things are going to change, but I, I, I don't want to, I don't want to talk um, a lot long. I'm long winded, but um, <laughs> just, uh, yeah, but, what, what am I looking in the mirror? I am like, you guys uh, know, I can't do a stream under 20 minutes. I try, I'm like, yeah, well, guys, we're going to do three to five minutes today. Uh, and next thing I know it's 45 minutes. Uh, so this is a short session for me. So you are not long winded at all uh, com in comparison to what I have you. You're like, well, I'm like, how do we even get here? Like, what day is it? Like, what am I even talking about right now? What topic is this? I don't know where we're at. But anyway, but thank you so much for doing this. Thank, thank you guys you. for hanging out with us and watching this. Like I said, all of Dr. O uh, Omar Bill Malik's information will be in the box below for you guys to enjoy. Um, this will go up. Um, I'll cut this up and it'll go over to the podcast as well. Don't forget the Domine uh, pre-med show 
We are podcast ready now. We are yeah. live on YouTube, but the recordings are going up. Any podcast app you like, Apple, Spotify, iHeartRadio, Stitcher, whatever, it's up there. Make sure you guys subscribe and make sure you guys literally, this is, if you guys understand, we put this together in 20 minutes, literally yeah. doing it live. <laughs> hey, let's do something. Blah, blah, blah. I couldn't even, I've never even done this technology. I'm glad it worked out. You guys can hear us and everything, but uh kudos to, to you for being able to answer these questions and, yeah. and, and bring us such uh, great content today and so, yeah. so many um, great learning points. I learned a lot today. I'm like, oh, man, I'm going to go and just really rack that up oh, that in my brain today. So um, thank you for bringing that. And as part of what yeah. you said in priorities to close and to bring back your mobile, which I liked, to go from your balanced seesaw to the mobile yeah. analogy, life will come at you. It will run, go, it will go fast. Stretches will seem hard. But at the end of the day, guys, remembering who you are, what you're about, what's important to you will keep you centered, will keep you grounded, and recognizing that even if you do have to do things that maybe are against your priority. So maybe your priority is family. Like my priority is my family. Everything else comes a distant second. But with that, I have to understand that sometimes my career has to be heavily weighted and I have to sacrifice some of that family time in order to provide for my family to get the family time I eventually want. So recognize that life is a continuum, it's a spectrum, it's all over the place. It's, it's the mobile that you saw earlier with the visual aids, it's a mobile. And understand that there's going to be times where there's tipping points where you feel extremely busy, you feel extremely hurried, you feel extremely out of sync with yourself because you're doing things that aren't necessarily in line with your priorities, but recognize that these are setting you up for your down-the-road priorities. So as young people, as two old guys talking to you, you young people, I know your journey seems hard. I know what you're going through seems like the worst. I know you have wants and desires and you want them now. Understand, your balance will come, your life will come. Keep that strong in your mind. Keep your center. Keep whatever you believe in and whatever value system you hold dear to you. And you guys have heard me say before, I said I'm a black male physician and I'm a Christian. And as part of that, I say that for me to sum up what my values are is that I want to be a good person. I want to spread love. I want to treat others as I want to be treated. And I just want, I want us all to get along. And so for you guys, recognize what your values are, what's important to you. I want to hang out with my family and I want to be good to people. That like that's a winning day for me. If I can be good to people, get some hugs somewhere along the line, right? Because hugs always make people's days better. Whatever. Recognize what your priorities are and then work to create that life of those priorities and what you want, and you'll be happy. Because the money will come and go, the yeah. career will come and go. It doesn't matter if you're PA and MD, there's miserable PAs, there's miserable doctors. And there's lots of miserable doctors. It's heavier way than just doctors, right? <laughs> but what will make you happy is if you followed your heart and you followed your goal and you always kept your true center of what matters to you. And as two guys have just told you, the most valuable relationship is the relationship you have with your spouse. And pick the right spouse and hold on to that. And at all times, work to maintain that relationship. Because just like professional life, personal life is work. Yeah. Like right now, my wife is angry at me. I'm going to have to do some real work right now in a relationship because I told her I was going to be on here. I'm like, uh, again, right? I'm going to do 20 minute live. It'll be 20 minutes. And then I'm going to get off, right? Like, and I've been on here for two hours right now. And she's mad because now she'll take the, the kids to the movies by herself. Oh, and no. so I'm, yeah, it's going to be bad. But again, it's okay because I'll make it up to her. I make it to her every day, being nice to her. But be kind to people, like, care about people, be a professional, and just, man, be good people. We need better people yeah, in this world. So anyway, thank you so much. Yeah, all right. Everyone, we are getting out of here. As always, we end. No excuse just dominate. Thank you guys for joining us. Later. You guys enjoyed that interview as much as I enjoyed doing that. He is a wonderful human being. If you guys do not already follow him, please Google him right now. Omar Abdul Malik. I'll put his information and his link uh, in the show notes for this show. But he's a wonderful person, um, a beautiful heart, and he has had a long career as a PA, and he has made a second career of helping students and really serving his community and students in need. So please um, also make sure you guys follow him on social media and connect with him. Um, and like he said, he has clinical shadowing opportunities um, and other opportunities to help you guys get to your goals. So please check him out. We will be doing more interviews. Uh, more strategies for you guys. This is a Dominate Pre-Med show. We are in our infancy, but we are going to bring content to you guys on a regular. So keep on listening. Make sure you're subscribed. If you have something you want me to touch on, you want someone to want me to interview, please get over to studenttransformation.com and send me a voicemail and let me know what you want to hear. 
Also, while you're on studenttransformation.com, check out my courses, check out my coaching programs, and I have a nice selection of free trainings and free webinars for you guys to help you guys get more in-depth information. Um, and I'll include a couple links to those in the show notes, so check that out. Have a great, have a wonderful, have an awesome day. No excuses, just dominate. Today is the day, guys. No more excuses, no more complaining. You're going to take your future in your own hands. You're going to dominate. You're going to be successful. Get to my website, studenttransformation.com. I challenge you. What are you going to do today to make your life better?